And uh, well, thanks for coming, first of all. Yeah. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I, I know we started recording, but um, yeah, it was nice meeting you for the first time at Tropicasa. Like, that was a pretty interesting. Yeah, night. it was a very interesting art show that I saw. You had like aliens, you had a lot of maize. Can mm -hmm. you tell me a little bit about that idea behind your, your art show? Yeah, so coming in back into the valley, um, I tried to move back during COVID, the height of the pandemic. Um, I kind of burned myself out because I was like here running around and say, okay, so how can I expand like what I have to offer as an artist, activist, someone that's like contributing to grassroots initiatives to create like markets so we don't all feel like we're not essential workers. So there's kind of like that, there's a lot of stuff growing around the Valley that I didn't really agree with as far as like, I feel it was like fear mongering in a sense. And, um, and a lot of my artists, friends, contemporaries, musicians, I grew up in the Valley, mm -hmm. very proud people. And we do feel like we have a lot to offer, even if it uh, comes from the money out of our pockets. And sometimes we're, we are searching for like venues and, or certain avenues that can propel us to greater heights. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, a bigger conversation now after the pandemic. And, um, but so one of which is like uh, Tropicasa, it's just amazing venue grocery, vegan grocery store, uh, thrift, star, thrift shop, and they have a gallery in the back and, and sometimes they feature local artists and I'm glad to be featured again there uh, this week. Last time it was during the pandemic and it was more of a conceptual mm -hmm. show uh, surrounding the pandemic. So you mentioned grassroots. Yeah. And uh, can you expand also on what you mean by a activists? Like what type of activism are, do you support? Uh, do I support? So um, a lot of the people that I, I like uh, still talk to in the Valley, uh, I've known from U of H or, uh, or uh, sorry, SEC, mm -hmm. and certain u university circles that uh, took initiatives to go to the uh, detention centers before they evolved to the like, detention centers we know now. Mm -hmm. And um, um, uh, farmers' workers' rights, uh, working with Comacurula tribes and other various tribes around the, the border going to Houston too, and like reconnecting with basically roots. A lot of people try to, uh, uh, <laughs> this color this is so amazing, no, it's cool. Try to rediscover their roots and, um, and I found it here, you know, and I found it in Houston too. So in 2009, I moved back to Houston to be closer to my family there. And I've been gone for 12 years. And I thought the pandemic was a, a great time for me to like really like touch base with the family I had in Reynosa and here and I, and I felt a greater sense of community because I, I came in contact with a lot of other people who are doing the same during nice. the pandemic. And um, you know, during the pandemic, there's uh, cognitive dissonance, I think is the right word to, to say. Like say a lot again. of people, cogn cognitive, cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance. So we're all like experiencing uh, absorbment of information and we're not really filtering it like uh, healthy or we have a difference of opinion and a greater like for the greater scheme of things and yeah and and that's what like is, that's one of the biggest dividing factors in the valley and i and uh can you can you explain a little bit what what that is a little bit more f um like cognitive dis dissonance cognitive dissonance uh so like covid is a great example like not uh, understanding where it came from uh who who should take responsibility who should be accountable for the deaths and, and the overall health of 
of places like the Valley that we have a lot to contribute here with the, our medical. And even though, like, if you look into the numbers, they're overinflated because a lot of people do come here for healthcare, and the numbers do go up. Yeah. So, um, like people from Mexico come over. Yeah. Then or they we go to Mexico. Yeah. So it's vice versa thing, and uh, so that that plays a role in fear. And to me, what I'm preaching here is like, like, fear is the mind killer. Like to quote Dune, like one of the books that I turned into a movie. I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, I need fear, to see it. Fear does perpetuate disease more than anything. Yeah. You know, uh, and I don't really need a uh, like scientific proof for that. It's it's just like. Is very pre clear and present, yeah. and and, uh, and to argue that in the valley, it's uh, nonsensical because we are over policed in in, yeah. in some sense, and we are watching our backs, yeah. and we we are kind of afraid of our neighbors and to collaborate with people, and it really like as far as I have hope here in the valley and how I contribute and and share positivity so we can lead by example because, you know, on top of my white privilege of having white skin. I also have the privilege of being outside of somewhere, of the, outside of the valley, from, and I have an outsider perspective. Mm -hmm. And I'm tr that, that's one of the things that humbles me, in mm -hmm. a sense, even though everywhere you go in the valley, there's people trying to humble you. Mm -hmm. and, and that's prevalent here, and I understand that. You know? And I understand people trying to push me down and hold me down, too, in the valley. And a lot of people experience that, a lot of people who are just ready to go with their yeah. projects or whatever they're trying to implement. You know? and, when you uh, say when you say people are trying to bring you down, can you give us an example of how, you know, maybe you've encountered yeah. a situation where, you know, you felt that they were trying to push you down? Um, yeah, as far as like um, like why activism, right? Like, there's a lot of people uh, saying why should you go in downtown and protest against the Trump train, being that the Trump train is a device in itself. A propaganda device mm -hmm. and it's one of the things to combat something like that is just to purely ignore it mm -hmm. but at the end of the day we have uh, when I got there and this is the height of the pandemic like 2020 going to 2021 mm -hmm. and when the Trump train like yeah when the voting yeah. was in, in you yeah know, November. and the people who let those trains they the people who let those uh, trains uh, they weren't from the valley then then they were getting uh, checks like uh, gas checks so they can come down from Kingsville other parts mm -hmm. so they can lead these like p parades mm -hmm. so when yeah, we it was in downtown McAllen I saw yeah we met up in downtown McAllen I have video like one of the things I, I do is I have multiple Instagram accounts dedicated to every one of, of my projects one of which is Ojo en Trucha Reportajes and what I do there is simply refilter uh, re news that would have gotten swept under the rug or deplatformed, and news that pertains to to the valley and mm -hmm. in a greater sense. You know, I, I have heard of Trucha. You guys were looking recently for a graphic designer, right? No, that that's or a, a, that's or another that Trucha. Else? That's uh, oh, out okay. of Brownsville, and I'm, I'm I'm glad they did their thing over there too because yeah. there's power in words and there's power in numbers. What so, what does Trucha mean exactly? So why I came up with Trucha like three years ago, uh, it's probably going on four years ago. It was. Uh, one of the biggest things I could do for my own personal mental health as an artist activist, and I had to separate uh, everything that that like really f like fuels my passion into activism, really triggers me as I sc as I scroll. I try not to scroll too much, and I try yeah. to produce content more. Yeah. So I produce content more. A lot of people might think I'm on the internet a lot, but it really is me paying extra for my phone bill so I can produce yeah. and put out content a lot. Yeah. And uh, because I'm sharing more than, more than like um, 
being a part of the whole scrolling uh, algorithm. Yeah. And I have multiple accounts solely in that purpose to fight the algorithm, that I might get deplatformed because of my voice, my opinions, and or quite simply uh, information that doesn't want to be shared, like mm -hmm. for one purpose or another. And um, not to tread too far out of the conversation, like I, I, I these, these, uh, I encourage more people to have multiple pages because there is, on top of the voice. I have five pages. Yeah, then there's power in numbers, and so I'm glad there's someone I say doing another thing called trucha in the valley. Yeah. Uh, my take on it is like to also um, lead by example, and I record. I, so you have, you yourself have encouraged me to launch a podcast with Ojo and Trucha Reportajes. Oh, really? So that might be doing uh, be. Uh, broadcasting live at Tropicasa nice. Studios. And uh, I work with a lot of like DJs there. And we we uh, work together to produce sound. And any So anyone needs sound and like really good DJs. Like we work really hard. We're very professional what we do, sound setup. Yeah. We're, uh, we have constant shows at uh, La Once and Monarcas. Like you can see yourself that the Valley is really in a cultural shift. And, and many, uh, and uh, like for the good, you know, because we see what downtown had to offer for the longest. And now, now that part of downtown is not there anymore. Mm -hmm. And we have clubs like La Once and Monarcas that are conscientious of like uh, marginalized communities and they want to open their doors to them mm -hmm. too. And we're, as a DJ collective, like we provide a service of that sound. So not only are you like, a, you're, you consider yourself a DJ, right? Uh, I'm a sound artist, but I work a lot with DJs. Uh, so off the top of my head, uh, I'm a, like when it comes to artists, I'm known for performance art mm -hmm. and very elaborate uh, happenings. So it's like um, I'm creating happenings mm -hmm. and I'm leading by example and I'm very conscientious of the space mm -hmm. and, the, and the town and city where I'm working at. Yeah. And I invite people to participate in a, in a conversation. Um, for instance, like when I opened my art show in Tropicasa like two weeks ago, uh, I gave a lecture there that was generated by AI, oh, wow. artificial intelligence. Yeah, because I thought it was time for that conversation. How, it's, how, it's how a does tool. that how does that conversation come about? Like, do you tell it what what you want it to? Because uh, yeah. a lot of people, I mean, I'm still confused on how to use it properly. Yes. So when you say a conversation, do you mean like you gave it like a topic and then it generated a conversation or? Yeah, I mean? gave it a topic and the, the more like it's kind of like coding. So mm -hmm. so. Uh, and the more like buzzwords you give it, the more uh, commands, mm -hmm. the more prompts, uh, the more detail, like uh, references to even the style of writing. You can yep. put it like uh, Gonzo style of writing or Shakespeare style of writing. You can uh, articulate it the way um, you know, uh, uh, Barack Obama would articulate something. Yeah. Or uh, Albert Einstein, you know. and. Uh, and they'll break it down you, if you need to write a proposal like a lot of institutions are not really doing the work anymore They're having computers do it for do them it for them. Wow. Like uh, their thesis their proposals um, uh, Anything really you can get done with AI and I did that as a performance as a as a conversational piece uh, to highlight uh, multiple things of, of uh, that that I, that my gallery was sharing and that was your original questions like why was my art so elaborate and so scattered, but yeah, like, it was all a piece of like can me. You, can you touch on that? Like what, what was the inspiration behind? Because you had a lot of different type of uh, mm -hmm. uh, things. You had, uh, you had maize, mm -hmm. you had like different sculptures, you had a UFO. 
Yeah. Like, what, what was your idea behind or inspiration behind all the that? For sure. Uh, well, the name of the art show was called uh, Raspa Cosmica. And that was a reference to a, a heavy propagandized book uh, written by a Nazi, Nazi, uh, a Mexican na Nazi uh, empathizer called Ras uh, Raza Cosmica. Mm. And at the beginning of the Chicano movement in the 60s, it was, it was received pretty well, but then it was like understood as a propagandized book to, yeah. to like that highlighted uh, factors like um, cultural cleansing and, and uh, eugenics and stuff like that, like mm -hmm. really favoring it. So my whole thing as an artist, like I take back symbols that have been mistreated. Mm -hmm. Just like people have been kind of mistreated. Can you like, give us an example of one? Like, uh, well, most popular one you saw in the art show is a T-shirt that was given to me that had a bunch of swastikas on it. Yeah. But it had a bunch of om signs too, and it was an eight om. Om, om, like the it, sound, it looks like a little three, but it's backwards. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, like that's a the prana sign for the sound of the universe, basically a, oh, a, me, wow. a heavy meditation sign. I didn't know that. And uh, it's a it was a Indian a church from India. Yeah. But it was an ancient uh, reference to ancient Tibet, uh, and it was a it's a beautiful symbol like the swastika, the original swastika that's not 45 degree angle turned and has dots symbolizing the seasons, and and as a, it's a the swastika is a symbol of as above so below, the turning of seasons, the turning of each chapter, uh, and and then it's a promise to that which you, which you, which in next wave there's another wave, mm -hmm. and it's ongoing. Yeah. Um, so it's a beautiful symbol for, for someone like the Nazis to come and take it and propagandize it. Yeah. And, and it's a very uh, prevalent in our culture. And we can even say the same to corn right now. Right now what's really fueling me passionately is that now more than ever, the United States is trying to take an embargo, trying to take like a, a power hold on the production and, and the trade of GMO corn in Mexico. Mm -hmm. When for the longest, and, and it's always been that uh, and in Mexico, there is no GMO corn. There's arguments to be that there's pockets probably growing it illegally or without permission or trying to make some money with like production of like, high fructose corn syrup. But for a large scale, like it's really good corn that's still coming out and being produced in Mexico mm -hmm. with good Mexican water, with like uh, heirloom, especially in Oaxaca, there's a, there's a revival of growing corn the old way, like with mm -hmm. the three sister method. Mm -hmm. And that's going into my project, Masa, which the, the art show that you saw at Tropicasa, that's a Masa project, which mm -hmm. is my project. And hopefully that will turn into a business. Uh, I'm like, I've, I've come from like the counterculture in Houston. When I moved out of the Valley, like in 2009, and I barely came back. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of like uh, nonprofits like kind of not do the right thing they say they're going to do. So I want to distance myself from that. But grassroots initiatives is basically doing earthwork mm -hmm. with the resources you have among us. Like, like earthwork, among you. like farming? Farm work, uh, uh, carpentry, like working with your neighbors in your community. Mm -hmm. That's grassroots. Like going all the way yeah. back to how it used to yeah. be. And that's basically magic. You know, uh, I think the Valley, the Valley, the RGV as a whole is beautiful right now because we have a a beautiful spectrum of vendors and arts and crafts. Mm -hmm. and, and it reminds me of the old days of the art walk. Mm -hmm. And that's why I chose that area too to have my art show. It's right across the McCann and Creative Incubator. Mm -hmm. And I'm really challenging them. I've been talking to the Chamber of Commerce. I've been talking to people that own galleries on 10th Street, on Main Street. 
but they they are already jaded. They're, they don't want to associate with the internal politics of the city and chamber of commerce. They don't want to open their doors. Uh, they don't care to collaborate with local artists of different ages. When you say and they've tell, they when, told me this. When you say they're jaded, can you expand on what you mean? Well, it's easy to get jaded, and especially with the dealing with the like uh, po the local politics of whatever, what have you. But and especially these are older people that have uh, spaces, art buildings, art galleries, art uh, just art in general. They're 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 profiting and they're branching off of the art district. That's almost going to be ceased to be because all the business is going North McAllen now because of uh, the shift of down to McAllen. So where does that leave the art district? And uh, I've spoken to Michelle, and she's told me, uh, the director of, of uh, Creative Incubator and the financing of Chamber of Commerce, she led me to Jose, the other director, and they're, they're just leasing space to uh, tech companies that are going to finance and keep that space open. And they're not... Uh, um, there's a lot of other ideas that could be implemented that are like that that can be worked with like a lot of vendors and and, and regrow the the art walk from the ground up like what it used to be. And that's uh, to me that's a civic duty. You know I'm doing a civic duty. My, my contemporaries and my friends are doing a civic duty. It's money from our pockets. And yes, we can celebrate the value that everyone's doing DIY stuff. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, the, there's entities. There's uh, institutions and there's financing through taxation that we're owed through the arts that should be funded mindfully, responsibly, and conscientiously. Mm -hmm. And for the longest I've been looking up to, to internal politics of IMIS and they've been getting financed by large uh, uh, car dealerships. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I, the car dealerships, they have a lot to pay because this, the Valley was built by car dealerships. Be yeah. Before the car dealerships, they were horse uh, traders. Yeah. They all had horses and they would like fight each other, steal each other's horses, they'll kill each other for horses. And now the families we have are the ones that survived all that. Yeah. And now these are like high Republican families that, yeah. that think they know art, they think they can facilitate art, they think they can buy art, mm -hmm. they think they contribute to art, but they don't. These people are in our way. They're in our way of a, a wide spectrum of people, young people, the youngest people, and the people who are getting the shit out of it are the, are, are the toddlers or the kids mm -hmm. because they're using them as tools to, to say, oh, yeah, we're going to help these group of kids that are, come from marginalized uh, communities. So we f they, let's give them the funding. And, yeah, we should do so. But uh, these, this can happen in your own communities, in your own uh, taxes, in your own spaces, in your own towns. There's no reason, uh, like, uh, no one's caring about young uh, adult artists. Like, what happens when they grow up? Mm -hmm. I'm someone that started off with the creative incubator, playing bass, playing guitars, and I, I got the hang of it, and I, and I elevated to, like, uh, throwing shows there myself. And it was a very community-oriented thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and then everyone had a, a, a window of, of how they can, can contribute. And... Um, so what I've been experiencing is that there's a lot of career academics, there's a lot of career politicians that want to be in the limelight of some type of social class, mm -hmm. but really they're getting in the way and they're using rhetoric to, to, uh, to kind of bind the time. And, and, and there's, there's, there's a long line of people that just we, just, we don't want money, we want opportunity, we want space, we want murals. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I hear a lot of people talk about murals, but the, the, the a lot, lot of murals I've seen are coming out of the artist's pocket. Mm-hmm. Uriel, the uh, artist, one of my best friends that were here, most of his murals come out of his pockets. I don't want to say all of them come out of his pocket. And he's doing a, a service to our, our he's painting like all yeah, the best he's musicians. He's making it colorful. And making it colorful. And, 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 it's, and it's, it's an act of selflessness because these are musicians that have already passed away, some of them. So we're, we're playing tribute to them by the highest regard, which paint a mural. Uh, Ramon Ayala just got a water tower. Mm-hmm. He's, and you know, I've seen Ramon Ayala, do, Ramon Ayala do a lot of awesome stuff growing up in Hidalgo. Mm-hmm. Um, which is where you're from. Which is where I'm from. And I, I was primarily raised with my friends in Las Milpas, which is a small section in Hidalgo. Between so far. far. Yeah, yeah. And that's I want to talk about that a little bit because that I named my project after Milpas, Las mm-hmm. Milpas. Mm-hmm. So my project is called Masa. That's Milpa, the Arte, Salud, in Agricultura. Uh, sorry, Agricultura. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing each one of those things. I've been uh, for the ever since COVID. Uh, I like a lot of my contemporaries got divorced, and mm-hmm. my a lot of my focus have, has been to myself, loving myself, understanding myself. I understand my purpose in life, my stride, and my, my, my own journey. And then being, at the same time, being mindful and conscientious of, of the space where I thrive in. Because mm-hmm. I want my friends to thrive along with me in a higher sense. You know, I'm not a man of means and money, but a lot of the influence that I acquired, like growing popular, popularity in, in Houston as an artist and musician, is influence that I got through basically working with magic and understanding uh, uh, light work, earth work, the, the quintessential things that, that earth and heaven gives us. Mm-hmm. And we start there. We really do start there. I can tell you a story about how I came back to the valley two months ago yeah. with nothing, zero. Yeah. And I had to start off all over again. And I, I used what I had on my hands, which is my own uh, agency, my spirit, and, and magic. Mm-hmm. And, and I started off with art show, and the art show allowed me uh, to square a space, mm-hmm. to put art on the wall, which is the highest form of magic. Of course. To, and then that allowed me to gain more influence. And yes, I am conscientious of my influence. A lot of people who are not conscientious of their influence is because they gained it easily through monetary gain, mm-hmm. through influence of another person, a politician or some sort. Yeah. And I find those people to be the most crooked or the most uh, need to be more spiritually aligned. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I, I can tell you right now, I've been homeless for the past three years as well. But I, I, not, I wouldn't say home. Home is my body. Home is the valley. Home is where my mom's at in Houston. Like, um, but also America is my home. I really do claim the Americas as a whole. Yeah. And I've been seeing the, the, the dilapidation of our society in every city. Because I, I don't want to have cognitive dissonance. I don't want to not know and not share. Yeah. I want to go there to that city that's, that the water's fucked up and, and understand why it's fucked. Um, and that inspired me to, to also like document everything I'm doing and put it in one particular location. And that's Masa. Mm-hmm. So, Masa, Arte, of course, I've been doing art because I've been an artist for 12 years professionally. Uh, Salud, I've been studying meditation with uh, my Indian community. Uh, it's a group of people from India that own a radio station, uh, Fun Asia Radio in Dallas, and they're a group of meditators as well, and they mm-hmm. host uh, retreats. So you've been all over Texas? 
Yeah, all over Texas, mainly to, to like really feel the fabric. I'm also a brown beret that goes into the activism part. I've been a brown beret since 2016. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, being, uh, that gave me discipline and being radical, being an anarchist, being a, uh, so a malcontent, someone that's very, uh, uh, found a conducive sense of, of channeling my anger to something that's positive, mm -hmm. channeling my rage to something that's intellectual. Mm -hmm. And that's through brown pride. Mm -hmm. You know, that's through understanding my roots, doing the work, uh, anything from picking up trash in my community to uh, playing out very elaborate music and art shows. Nice. And um, so the Salud is definitely, going back to Milpa, uh, Salud, I've been seeking out meditation, studying very dynamic forms of meditation, going mm -hmm. to Sufism and certain parts of India that are not just passive, but you had to jump up and down, you had to yell like uh, loud for 30 minutes yeah. and really take out uh, all the stuff that we put into our subconscious. Yeah. And our subconscious mind is very much what we need to implement and, and implement our shadow and integrate our shadow to understand ourselves completely because I care about the overall valley's health, you know, because mental health and the overall health is is our first key because we can work out our health, then we can work out how we can get outside our house and, and contribute to society, to mm -hmm. our neighborhoods, and to the communities around us. And, and COVID really put a lot of uh, spotlight on mental health. What did you think? Um, I was here. I was here with you. I probably lost my mind twice. Uh, there's one my, uh, down the street from me in Las Milpas, and going too far. A mom called the cops on her son, a teenage son, because he was smoking too much weed during mm. COVID. Really? And COVID, like marijuana, helps cabin fever. Uh, cabin fever is when you have to stick in a certain small location for a certain, mm -hmm. and you kind of start bouncing off the walls and getting cathartic and getting like uh, restless, marijuana helps with that. So that kid was probably helping himself by smoking weed and just like staying where he needs to be staying or not going outside and causing trouble. Mm -hmm. The cops came, he had a BB gun on him. The cops shot him a couple of times just because he had a BB gun on him. Oh wow. And he was trying to defend like his mom and he did not even know that his mom called the cops on him. Oh wow. And. Um, I mean, I can relate to that a lot. That, cause like, uh, my mom's Chicana from 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 Houston, mm -hmm. and my dad's from Reynosa. He's Mexicano, and I I'm like very prideful of being Chicano, Mexicano. Mm -hmm. Chicano being, and not a lot of people say that with pride, or people lose that phrase in the valley. And we scared, we tend. There's a lot of Chicanos in the valley, but mm -hmm. a lot of the attention comes into the bigger cities, and mm -hmm. bigger cities tend to scare away the Chicanos, cause. Yeah. We find agency in smaller towns like going from Westaco to the to island, yeah. to Mission to, to Roma. Yeah. Like that Chicanos like to be left alone because there's the there's just too much cops. It's bullshit. Yeah. So but Chicanos cater to the overall tapestry of art and community because they Chicano quintessentially Chicanos are someone that didn't cut their roots mm. at all. Whatsoever. All the way back from the Olmecs to the Aztecs, they did not cut their roots at all. They remembered all that shit. Uh, either reading it or be, or tapping into their own uh, genetic makeup through uh, psychotropic or mushrooms or holistic medicine. Wow. So everything that you're doing, um, wh what would you say would be the best outcome? Like, what are you trying to accomplish? What would be the, the best case scenario? Well, I call it a cultural revolution. 
on par with the spiritual revolution. And that's what the Valley needs. And I know that in my heart that it needs that. Uh, I'm someone that's uh, diagnosed autistic when I was younger, but my dad was very strict. He's a very disciplined man. He used to have a paddle. Every time I got out of line, he used to spank me three to six times, depending on what I did wrong. And I love that man. He, he lives in Reynosa right now. He's holding it down there. I feel like we shall hold it down in the valley and, and Reynosa too. And um, uh, I see a lot of change. To, uh, like uh, there's a prophecy, a uh, Hopi prophecy that the autistic people are the people of the spectrum, the people of the rainbow. Mm -hmm. And there's no greater metaphor than the spectrum than a rainbow. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we got it wrong. A lot of LGBTQ uh, are autistic as well. Mm -hmm. But there is a big correlation there. A lot of people transitioning to a different gender. There's a lot. Of, there's a big correlation there between autistic people and people are transitioning, mm -hmm. and uh, we need to look into that because that that's on part mental health issue. Uh, diabetes run rampant is a mental health issue. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of stuff gets swept under the rug during COVID because we just blamed it on COVID. The 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 hospitals know now that the hospitals got more money because they checked their, everything off as COVID, even though they, someone might have died of a heart attack. or a, Yeah, they just put COVID. COVID yeah, COVID. it happened to my friend, he died of a heart attack. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm not trying to be a, like, uh, well, yeah, I am trying to be. I'm always, my job is to, like, to kick the, the hornet's nest, to mm -hmm. agitate, to because I, along with my titles as artist, activist, musician, in a spiritual realm, uh, and, and uh, uh, there's archetypes that we adopt and logos that fuels us to a greater sense of ourselves. And that's like, uh, uh, and, and uh, tribes we call animism, and like coyote tribes. Like I come from coyote tribes. My mom's mother was a coyote that crossed over people. And that mm -hmm. action comes from actually coyote tribes Oh, wow. And the, and the quintessential nature of a coyote is a trickster. Mm -hmm. And someone, a trickster is, uh, why a coyote is a trickster is because he's semi-domesticated, not, not so much as like a wolf, the wild like a wolf, and not so much domesticated like a dog, but he's in the middle. Oh, wow. And he's always playing tricks on, yeah. on, the, on the tribes, you know, and on the people. And uh, I rediscovered that. I adopt the sense of like a jester, playful nature in my art. Yeah. Uh, because like you never know which angle I'm coming from because I, and everyone's being taught a lesson mm -hmm. like I and No need to ego check me because I'm being taught a lesson always at the same time because that's the realm I live in the realm that I'm always being humbled by a, a higher presence mm -hmm. and um, Not only that but I, like to have an ego problem and take copious amount of psychedelics mm -hmm. That's just not possible because yeah. or meditation you know, introspection, introspection as a whole, yeah. kind of cures someone that might be suffering from narcissistic rage mm -hmm. or a terror. Because I find in art circles that you find more healthier narcissists in art circles. Mm -hmm. Because quintessentially people are, are channeling all that narcissistic rage into a creative element. Mm -hmm. And that's where, where you get a healthy ego. I think you have to believe in yourself in order to be mm -hmm. an artist. Because if you don't believe in yourself, mm -hmm. I feel like you wouldn't have the capacity to go forth and, and, and bring about this creation that you're doing. Yeah, that's true. So I think we all have a little bit of it yeah. inside of us. I heard one of your, one of your inter interviews before, and you said it was like a calling. 
like every artist has a calling yeah. and they and then it's something that they tap into or, or jump on. Yeah. And that was a good reference that you said. I think you're interviewing Uriel, which is a good friend of mine. And I I I um Uriel when he defaced the Picasso painting, I was an artist down the street from that studio he was staying at. Mm. And that inspired me. That was like, hey, you are an artist. Jump on this because the time is now. And that and I'm someone like him and like a lot of my contemporaries, that in 2012, it was a calling. In 2012, 2011, going to 2012, there's so much going on. Not just the whole Mayan prophecy thing, but uh, there's Occupy Wall Street mm -hmm. and there's Occupy Houston, which is a big factor. All those people dropping out, basically it was like the 60s. A lot of people were drop, quitting their jobs, not wanting to work for these like big tech companies or, or insurance, insurance company banks or fucking up the, um, the whole, like, uh, I think uh, Wells Fargo in, in 2008, the, the market crashed for, like, r realtors and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, And that kind of trickled down to uh, Occupy Wall Street. And But after that, after the Occupy cleared, so many collectives happened there, so many uh, uh, co-ops, some uh, grassroots initiatives, uh, art collectives, uh, nonprofits, uh, helping various types of all types of, uh, and they found all that through dropping out and, and rediscovering a community. Yeah. Uh, uh, through activism, through environmentalism, you know, and it's, it's funny because a lot of, when I was younger in college, a lot of us were environmentalists because that was the start. Like we, we saw a passion and we injustice that was not far from us and we wanted to speak up or find a voice in that. Mm -hmm. And then we get older and we and we go through different experiences and we find other things to be passionate about a other uh, Activism like actions to hop on and you know, I'm I'm someone that's tapping into my own truth Right, so I, I own these titles because I'm owning my own journey. I'm owning my own path and If I have to adopt these these archetypes then mm -hmm. so be it, you know and to go back to the archetypes I'm adopting is uh, a jester in a greater sense, mm -hmm. uh, which is a coyote, mm -hmm. um, uh, Quetzalcoatl. Uh, mm -hmm. our, um, we talk about Jesus a lot, and Jesus is an amazing person, a Christ figure. Everyone should aspire to a higher Christ consciousness, like, right. like the teachings of Yah uh, Yahweh. Yeah. But if, if you were to ask Native people around here, our, our Jesus down the street is a blue deer that eats peyote and, it, and, the, and the blue deer that takes us to the salt mines and takes us to the peyote, the medicine, mm. when we're sick. And that blue deer is, is blue for a reason. Why is it? Well, oh. it's once, once you eat the medicine, like you, you see a blue deer like, and that's like his aura. Mm. Uh, but there's also a lot of uh, sickness. What, what is that blue well, uh, the Yaquis uh, have a, a summer, a spring dance dedicated to him every year. And who are and the Yaquis? The Yaquis is a tribe in, in uh, Sonora, Mexico, uh -huh. going up, up more, more Sonora. And then that tradition goes into Arizona, goes into New Mexico. And it's basically honoring the deer that, that telling us that the spring is coming. Oh. So the rising of Christ again. You yeah, know? yeah. So they put on a deer hat and they shakers and they do a deer dance welcoming the spring. And that reminds everyone, okay, it's time to harvest, it's time to eat, it's time to procreate. Mm -hmm. And that's our, 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 our Christ figure here. 
You go to Central America, it's a dragon, a serpent, a serpent dragon. Mm -hmm. And that serpent dragon, uh, like the blue deer, taught us about agriculture, taught us about the medicine. Tenochtitlan, no? Tenochtitlan, yeah, going to the pyramids. He has his own pyramid, the pyramid. Yeah, it has the snake in the pyramid. And then we're finding out that that pyramid is not so much a pyramid, but it's also a sundial. It's all mathematics, it's all Mm -hmm. technology. Yeah. Like... And a lot of people don't want to claim Chicano, and that's fine. You don't have to claim Chicano, but but there's a rich, very intellectual history of all these ancient pasts that we have, and it's so empowering once you tap into it. Like all these stories are are mathematical languages of the cosmos. There's uh, this. Uh, I went to the pyramids about uh, two years ago during COVID around December. Um, and uh, they were showing me how when you like clap at a certain point in the pyramid, yeah, it brings back the echo. Mm-hmm. Um, ha- have you like yeah, seen, seen that? that? Have you yeah. read about it? Or I haven't like, been there, but yeah, I've seen those so videos. So I was like, I wonder why they they created it so that you could hear the echo back. And I and I was thinking maybe maybe it was because. Um, Music has been prevalent in, in, in their society and their yeah. culture, and maybe it was created that way so that it could be amplified to to the surrounding areas. And I don't know, I just think like music was a big part and it still continues yeah. to be a big part of, of, of culture. Today, the, around that area, they speak in whistles, Damien. Like, yeah. <laughs> they even have those like little jaguars like where yeah. you blow into it and it creates that jaguar like noise mm-hmm. it was really interesting um yeah. I, I would like to go back and, and you know get a little bit more time to explore everything but that's, i always thought it was so interesting yeah. seeing all that that's a fascinating topic mainly because it highlights cultural appropriation in some sense because like being conscientious and hyper conscious aware of all life around you gives you a, a, a different way of speaking to engaging with life and, and I like to talk about cultural appropriation because that seems to, to be like leading us back a lot too and, and, and uh, I find in certain circles. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people tell me I'm po- cultural appropriating because I'm getting sacred masa from Mexico, importing it here in a very fair way and, and cooking the food as if our grandmothers were to cook it and mm-hmm. sharing it yeah. or capitalizing on it, which I'm not much of a capitalist, but goddamn have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, our, and then I've, I've had my studies with capitalism as an anarchist, but our, our uh, ancient past, our, our, our uh, ancestors are all capitalized. It's, our, was, it's dis, disappreciating advanced civilizations that are, already had uh, sorm, sources of like uh, commerce and, and, mm-hmm. and trade. Yeah, we just helping people, helping other yeah. people with the, their craft. Yeah, so, but like to culture appropriate Damn, we can go far back to the birds because most tribes all over the world, they the reasons why they have feathers and those elaborate colors is because they're appropriating the mating rituals of birds, spiders, any other colorful creature, because we learn from each other, mm-hmm. and we all we all learn from each other, and that's the human ego not tap, uh, understanding those things because if you live in a big city, your life all you have to compare yourself to is other humans, mm-hmm. and and. Uh, and uh, we get lost in the and, and that kind of grid. Yeah. You know. Do you have any um, upcoming uh, shows or, or um, exhibits where people could go check you out? Yes. Uh, so on 
June, Cinco de Mayo, mm-hmm. uh, coming up. Cinco de Mayo, 707 Cafe, that's owned by Rick. Rick has done an amazing job at uh, producing, like, badass shows at Yerberia Cultura, when it used to be Yerberia Cultura back in uh, in downtown. Yeah. And now he's, he's he has a badass coffee shop that I'm going to go check out right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie Booking, my f- homie Chewy from Charlie, uh, he's putting on that show, a lot of amazing bands. If I can read out some of the bands yeah. on the flyer, that's why nice. I want to get a proper shout out. But what I'm going to be doing there is uh, playing music. And uh, I'm one of those artists that, you know, I do a, a multitude of things because I find discipline in, in uh, being so out there mm-hmm. by, by coming back down and implementing them in drawings, paintings, music. Nice. Uh, crafting jewelry. I have copper jewelry here. Oh, you did make, all that? Yeah, it was oh, copper wow. jewelry. And I, when I meet other artists in the Valley that do the same thing I do, I, I understand where they're coming from because it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it never stops, like, oh, like creating. You know, once you're tapping into something that you're contributing and, and it, you know it's being appreciated and, uh, and uh, the people around you, mm-hmm. then it's, it's an ongoing conversation of, like, of, of creating. So here's the show. It's called San Japón. It's kind of like uh, celebrating uh, like a fusion of Japanese and Mexican culture, mm-hmm. but during Cinco de Mayo, so it's pretty wild. Nice. It's tacos. Uh, so the bands are going to be Moon Rabbit, uh, Good Path. She's an awesome person, Good, Good Path. Mm-hmm. She hosts the open mic on Tuesdays at Gremlin. Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to be opening up the set as Mono Rosa, uh, Hijo de Cumbia. Uh, there's Pixie G, uh, Monster Bohemio, and there's a badass band from uh, from San Antonio. This rap duo called Vermin the Villain. Oh wow! The Vermin the Vil- Villain. Yeah, I've he- I've heard of Monster yeah. Bohemio and um, uh, Moon Rabbit. Yeah, and uh, live music. There's a night market, coffee, tacos, you name it. All gonna be in Alamo 707 Coffee Shop. Nice. And uh, after that. Um, well, I still have, I'm, gonna, I'm planning a closing for my art show at uh, Tropicasa. Mm-hmm. And uh, it might be like a cumbia theme show. That's also a like, neighborhood market type of nice. closing. Yeah. And um, so, like, uh, I, um, I just started a, uh, a cooking job. You oh, know, wow. I, I just jumped into this kitchen, and it's a brand new restaurant in North McAllen. I'm not going to say the name of it, but. It's like they have a lot of restaurants around the valley. And um, so I've devoted a lot of my time to that. But um, Do you like cooking? I like cooking. That, that's what I do mostly for, with masa is I cook. Uh, I'm trying to get a, a cocina together, kind of like oh. a commissary kitchen. Yeah. And we're waiting for the license to kick into that. So there might be a commissary kitchen coming soon. Nice. Because, uh, you know, uh, to get back to Las Milpas, to make it full circles. So my project is uh, masa at Tropicasa, and you can check out my exhibit, and it's uh, Milpa, and that's named after Las Milpas, mm-hmm. which that, com- uh, is a, uh, Las Milpas is so special to me because uh, it's named after being a, a Milpa, and uh, a Milpa was a whole community based off the cultivation and production of corn, or maize. Mm-hmm. Wow, I didn't know that. And a lot of those families were indigenous families, and they still live in that Las Milpas. And those are what makes up the identity of Las Milpas. Wow. Is those uh, families that come from indigenous families that cultivated corn, had a relationship with the corn strain and that land. And now you got entities like FAR 
and the Hidalgo coming to buy up the property. Mm -hmm. When a lot of those people, they can do whatever they want with those properties, actually, because they have, uh, it came out on the Discovery Channel once, a long time ago. They have sovereignty of that land. Oh, wow. And not like a, like a, like a reservation would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's protected. It's protected. Wow. So um, I put that in the description just to remind people of, their, of where they're at, where their land to, to hold up, not to sell. Because mm -hmm. I didn't understand gentrification. Like in Houston, I grew up in North Central. It was like the hood mm -hmm. uh, inside of Houston, Houston. A lot of people say they're from Houston, but mm -hmm. you have to be like in the end, end loop, yeah. inner loop to... Uh, under, under bolote yeah, yeah. of living in a, in a major city. And I saw my neighbors get kicked out and their, their houses get trashed down, uh, bought out, back taxes, my grandfather's house, that was my mom's house. Mm -hmm. So gentrification is a thing. And, and I want to say shout out to Becca from uh, Brownsville. She, she's the one that got arrested for graffiti and stopped gentrification. Mm. And the, the cops went to arrest her illegally and like barged in her house and that was very unnecessary and unhumane and you know and they say they say a lot about funding of arts but I don't see it you know and there needs to be a lot more initiatives to people with influence and, and who are playing the, po the political game to really create avenues for artists to to just go show up and do the paint because if we had to worry about Making the money, getting the, the, the proposal of the, the building, uh, looking for the, the people who are going to sponsor the, the wall. Mm -hmm. And then that's like a lot of work on us and everyone. Like, um, uh, we're already doing the work by being yeah. an artist in the valley. You that's know? true. Like it's, 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 um, uh, and then um, it's really just opening your doors, really like we're, we're, we want to open our doors to our venue to have more people to collaborate, create more conversations, to see where the future's heading in the, in mm -hmm. the valley, because it's, uh, it's, it's interesting, all this tech innovation. Like, yeah. before I moved back to the valley, I was in Austin, and I saw like, uh, where the, like, all the tech places are, are just like buying up everything, and it reminds me of what's going on in Brownsville. Mm -hmm. And I can see them having a thriving art community mm -hmm. in Brownsville just because of the tech innovation there's more money going into uh, education uh, and, um, and more money being spread in general mm -hmm. because of, uh, of that movement of yeah. tech circles and, and money. I, I, uh, I wanted to ask you uh, one last question. Um, if you could give advice to anybody about self-improvement, mm -hmm. um, what would that, that advice be? That, that's an interesting question because I try to work a lot on myself because like, I'm someone very opinionated, but I've been a quiet person most of my life, very conscientious observer for most of my life. And I really respect, I, I would say the biggest advice is respect the, bio, the, the biology of aging. And what I mean by that is when Jesus turned 33, that like a lot of stuff happened to him for a reason. And that a lot of the Bible and a lot of what that means is a metaphor to for the 33rd vertebrate going into the spine. We have 33 vertebrates going into the spine and, be, and then the information that goes through the central nervous system through that vertebrate goes into uh, the pineal gland and it produces these chemicals we need that, that cater to our overall health that need to be produced through regular sleep, a, a healthy sleep pattern, circadian rhythm, uh, 
uh, a moment to yourself, and that could be if, if you don't want to have the discipline of meditation, then you can adopt certain meditations, and that's drawing is quite simply one of them. And that any moment you get to introspect is a meditation on, on, in itself. So uh, introspection is key to knowing thyself and, and where you're at in life uh, and what your purpose in life is. Because um, uh, uh, I'm a bad meditator, you know, I don't do it regularly as I should. When I started meditating, like it was like, I, uh, basically like being a, like, it was a culture of meditation. So mm -hmm. that's why they confuse it with cults a lot. Yeah. Because, like, being in a house full of vegans is basically being a cult. <laughs> like, it's, it's just you're, you're surrounding yourself with a culture of, of activities. Yeah, with a certain idea. Mm hmm Well, um, um, I, I, I just wanted to add a little bit more about the overall health in the valley. Like, um, I, I try to give myself time to, like, really absorb the information in the valley because there's just so much to absorb. And I don't want to be too much ahead of myself, but I feel there's a lot to say and a lot to I contribute. Uh, and I see a lot of my contemporaries uh, voicing their opinions, and we shouldn't be afraid to voice our opinions. So there's a lot of like cancel culture going around, mm -hmm. but I think yeah. that's that's just a dawning to something that that was uh, we are we're all getting used to technology, yeah. for in a sense. Um, memes back then weren't memes now. Uh, the, the memes are always evolving. I would even argue that cancel culture is a meme instead of a, a phenomena or a political movement. That's true. Or so. And um, because they're putting words very elaborately with rhetoric in a post that's yeah. screenshot. Yeah. A lot of my best art is screenshots mm. because I can't post those things again. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I test the boundaries to to not only Facebook, but to our day-to-day our -day reality. I go, from Hidalgo, I go to, to Hidalgo, and, and I recommend people to go there and do the bike trails, do mm -hmm. the bird walk, and watch the birds. Because if we don't do that, they're just going to shut down the border and mm -hmm. like, take, around, take away these sacred spaces that we have already. Yeah. There's a tree in Penitas. That's, that tree is important to any other life here in the valley because it's more than 500 years old. Yeah. Probably more, and it's a it's a citrus it's a ci cypress, um, um, cypress, who's the uh, the Mayan, uh, this name is escaping me, but he was the Aztec, uh, no, he was the Mayan like uh, leader, uh, uh, Montezuma. Mm -hmm. So cypress Montezuma and Penitas, Google it, go go visit it, hug it, <laughs> spend time with it. It's a big ass tree. It's very old. It has life, all type of life, like living in it, oh, and wow. they're about to uh, close the border on it. They're about to pave another wall. Really, oh, and wow. it's it's on this side of the United States too. Like, so why do that? Why yeah. hide the tree from us? Why destroy us? it? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate your time spending here and talking to us a little bit about you. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, thank you so much. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you for your time. And I really enjoy the space here. Uh, any of my friends come check out this amazing resale vintage store. And uh, this kitty is worth it too. She just took a kind to me. <laughs> and and like, please check out Tropicasa. We open our doors, and it's not just us. Our neighbors that are attached to the building is uh, Black Honey, uh, Nopalito Winery. You get the best wine, the best coffee, 
the best vegan food all in one spot on, on 10th Street, downtown McAllen. And that's where you check out my art too. And thank you guys for tuning in and, and hearing me out. Appreciate it.